you will, open your Bibles to the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 13. We'll be looking at, uh, beginning at verse 31 in, in that chapter. And uh, just continuing on what we've been talking about, the Gospel according to Jesus, what Jesus tells us in uh, various uh, books of the Bible, what His... Um, Oh, Lord, we just um, want to look at your word today. Let's pray again. Lord, we just want to look at your word today. God, help us, Father. Help us, Lord, to look to you and to seek you today. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Continuing on in the Gospel of John, and um, beginning at verse 31, it says this, When he had gone out, Jesus said, now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in Him. If God is glorified in Him, God will also glorify Him in Himself, and glorify Him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek Me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. You know, our main problem today in, in this world is a lack of love. A lack of love. And I'm not talking about just romantic love between uh, you know, a man and a woman. And I'm not just talking about um, familial love, uh, you know, the love that, that, that exists within a family. And I'm not talking about what the world calls love, um, that this kind of uh, love that says that um, um, I, I, I'll tolerate anything that, that you want to, um, that you want to you know, believe and, and, and how you want to live. I'll tolerate that and, and I'll accept you. Um, you know, for who you are and those kinds of things, um, wh whether or not they're, they're, there's uh, living a, they're, they're living a lie or, or whatever. You know, there, there, there are people that, that are living out lies today and, and, and they're trying to say that you've got to love and accept us. And, and what I see a lot of times is that the people demanding that kind of acceptance and tolerance don't really love other people um, as, as, as they want us to love them either. Um, it's, it's sort of a fake love, I would call it, or a, um, a selfish kind of love. A, 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 a love that's focused on me and, and what I, how I want to live, and you just have to love and accept me for that, even though it, it's ultimately a lie. And I, and I would say also uh, today that there, there's a love... Even in these supposedly romantic relationships, that there's a utilitarian form of love. A, a love that says, I'll love you as long as you do this, 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 and this. As, as long as you're satisfying me in, in the ways that I want to be satisfied, then I'll love you. It's, it's sort of a, it's a conditional kind of love that people throw out there. I'm going to use you for my self-pleasure or, or self Elevation. Uh, I, call it, I call it utilitarian because that's what it means. It means um, you're, I love you as long as you're useful to me. Very selfish kinds of love going on today. 
What we are missing out on today is, is a true love, a completely selfless love that focuses on others. Not, not on me, but on other people. We have hypocritical forms of love in the world today. And, and, and um, as, as I see it too, there, there, there's a lot of hatred out there in the world. And I can tell you that right now the world is seeking out a true kind of love. Not, not a love that we find on our phones and, 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 and on internet profiles. We, we can just you know, keep swiping until we, until we find somebody that looks, looks and says the right things. Not, not, not a love where I'm trying to satisfy my, myself only. But a true love that is self-denying focus on others. Real love is about a self-denying focus on God and others. And God himself asks us to have that kind of love because he loves in that way. God is the selfless God. You know, you can go through all the mythology that you want to. And, and what you'll find is that the gods that people worshipped were just as, as petty Tyrant, tyrannical and self-focused as, as human beings were, but the one true God of the universe is, is the God who is completely you know, self-denying, others-focused kind of, of love. And the Bible often calls it steadfast love throughout the scriptures. But also this kind of self-denying, others-focused kind of love is the premier mark of a Christian believer. It's part and parcel to what the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is. The goal of the gospel is that we would love as Jesus loves. Because that, that's the number one problem in the world, as I was just saying. And it goes back to the very beginning. We were talking about Cain and Abel this morning. Um, but, but this selfishness and jealousy... And anger and hatred has marked the world since the fall of mankind. And, 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 and in recent years, I, I, I think I, we're, I'm seeing the apex of this. Um, and, and I think I'm beginning to wonder if there's some sort of turning point, e either um, negatively or positively, I'm not sure yet, um, where, where, where all this anger that's being poured out into the world is, is coming to a head. But it goes all the way back to the beginning. I mean, even when Adam and Eve sinned and disobeyed God and listened to the serpent and, and, and they were deceived, the first thing they started doing was blaming each other or blame, blaming other people for what happened. And, and then, um, you know, um, Cain killed his own brother Abel out of jealousy and anger because God accepted Abel's sacrifice over Cain's and we were talking about that this morning. I think that had largely to do with Cain's poor attitude more than it was the, the actual sacrifice itself. Cain had a, a, a poor attitude as to why he was doing this. I don't think he was truly in his heart you know, looking towards God. But he got jealous and killed his own brother. Hatred has filled the hearts of many ever since then. The first 11 chapters are about how, um, especially right before the flood, violence filled the earth, it says. And the inclination of their hearts was only evil all the time. Jealousy, anger, hatred are all rooted in pride and selfishness. 
And, and that's, that's where we are today. The root of division today is a lack of, of, of a truly selfless love. We're too obsessed with our own power. And, and, and we can see that in, in our government today. Our government has become too obsessed with its own power. And I'm not trying to make a political statement here. This isn't a partisan statement. It's not just Democrat and Republicans. It is both, and it's also this, this huge bureaucracy that's, that's there. And, um, and, and even in, in our own state, that, that there are people who are obsessed in, in our government with their own power. R rather than seeing to, to the needs of, of the people. And I can give example out of, out of, out of example, and, and, and you can see that yourselves, and you can research it and see it. You know it. Our, our governments are obsessed with, with power. And, and there are people today, you know, in, in, in the corporate world, not necessarily in government, who are obsessed with power. Pa power has become uh, the thing nowadays. It used to be reason and rationality, and, and, sci and science w w was the thing that people were looking for. I, th I think in, in more recent times, it, it, people are looking for power, to, to seek power and to have power. And it's even happening within, within our churches today. People want power to, to control the narrative, power to control uh, the, 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 the doctrines, even if they're opposed to the Bible. Um, pe people trying to, well, well, even in a local church, you know, you, you, you get somebody on, on a board of stewards and, and they think, okay, well, I'm the boss of the church. <laughs> And I'm not saying it doesn't necessarily happen at Welkers. I'm just using that as an example. I think we've got some great leadership and people who love the Lord and, and realize that serving on a board is about servant leadership. But so many people in these churches, they, whether you have a board of stewards or a board of deacons or whatever, whatever it is, that they're obsessed with, with their own power and they want to exercise that power over people. And, and uh, you, you know this, you see this. There, there are uh, certain families that, that, that run certain churches and, and uh, everything has to go through them. And, um, you know, I, I, I've worked hard uh, myself at Welkers to, to make everyone feel welcome and not just um, as best I can. And, and I hope that, that that's your goal is to make everyone feel welcome here. But sometimes that, that happens and we get... Uh, too obsessed with our power, too, too obsessed with, with, with our own, own power. And that's, that's something that, that's happened in our, in our human natures. It's, we can't help ourselves. We want to be in, in, in control. We want to be in control of our, of our lives. We, we, we want to control situations around us. And we can't, the truth is, is that we, we can't really do that. The, the world is way too chaotic. For us, for us to want to control. And, and there, there are too many people with too many opinions today to try, to try to control them. And people who get obsessed with that kind of power, usually um, they, they begin to break down and, and, uh, and uh, they, they begin losing their, their minds, so to speak. Sometimes people um, are obsessed with, with being right, even. And, um, and, and, I, and I see that happening a lot. Um, people holding on to, to uh, their, their rights. Um, and I'm not saying that, that we shouldn't hold on to, to our liberties in, in, in this country. But I think sometimes we're too obsessed with, 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 with our rights. You know, 
I'm allowed to do this and I can do it and I don't care what anybody else says. Uh, you better be thinking about your other people because that's what God calls us to do. But we have our, our obsession with, with, with our rights and with being right. You know, I'm right and you're wrong, so therefore, you know, you need to just go away. <laughs> or, or you need to do what I tell you to do because I'm right and you're wrong. Or, um, or you need to be canceled outright because I'm right and you're wrong. And, and sometimes we want to hold on to those rights. And, 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 and our right to be right. But just because you're right doesn't mean that, that you should lord it over people. Just because you happen to be right in a situation and they're wrong, that doesn't mean that you have to browbeat them. It, does, it definitely doesn't mean that, that you should beat them over the head with the Bible, so to speak. And Christians do that a lot. And even though we have the truth, and even though we have uh, the, the truth of the universe, and even though uh, we're right, and even though Jesus is the only way of salvation, the Bible teaches us, doesn't mean that we have the right to condemn people. Because as we started this series, one of the first things it says is that Jesus said is that I have not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through me may be saved. Of course, I know he says that in the third person, but he's talking about himself in that passage. We're not called to condemn the world, even if we're right, but that the world through our testimony might be saved. And, and we might bring them to Jesus, who is the one who could save them. The reason Jesus came to save us is to help us as human beings to love again. To see what real love was like. To free us from this, this self-centered, self-focused, self-elevating obsession that we have. And will even trample other people to have it. Jesus came to help us to save us, to show us that we could love as He loved. To get rid of the, the obsession with this selfishness and this self-pride within us. To help us get rid of this um, uh, sinful self-focused and, and self-elevation and self-pleasing um, and self-gratifying to the point where we'll use other people to gratify ourselves to the point that, that, that we'll step on other people or try to control them. And if they, and if, and if they don't do what, we, what, what I want or, or what we want, we'll, we'll even snuff their life out to the point where there's anger and violence that we perpetrate against them. Jesus came to show us what love looked like. And so He tells His disciples on, on His last night of life on earth. He says, A new commandment I give you that you love one another. <clears throat> now, when, when somebody is about to leave this world, that they, they know that they're passing away, they know that they're dying, and, and they call in the family, and that person is still conscious enough to, to tell them um, what, what they want to tell them. 
that, 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 that's often when they, they, their parting words are the most important things they want to give or say to their family around them. Sometimes we even put that in, in a will and testament. That this is my will here um, for, for, for my you know, end of my life, for my, my funeral. That this is what I want to give to you and my family. Our most important things that, that we say or that, that we, um, we want to say to our family are given in those last and final moments. And that's what Jesus is doing here. He is giving his, and he does this all throughout verse, uh, chapters 14, 15, and 16, and 17 especially. This is called the Mount of Olives discourse that Jesus gives here. But the most important thing that he wants to tell them, his last will and testament to them, the one thing he wants them to know before he leaves this world is that you love one another. And again, not just any kind of love, but Jesus says, just as I have loved you. And that begs the question, what is the love of Jesus? How, how does He show His love? How did He demonstrate love to them? How did He demonstrate that to the disciples? Well, one of the things um, that, that happens here in chapter 13, just before this, is that Jesus, even though He is their uh, master and teacher, He took off His outer garment, put a towel around His waist, bent down and began washing His disciples' feet. He, he, Jesus is the one who was in an elevated position before them as their teacher and their master. And He stepped down from that position, he left the head of the table, took off his, his, his robe, put a towel around his waist, and bent down and washed the disciples' feet, every one of them, and told them that you must be willing to do the same. The apostle Peter tried to stop Jesus and says, uh, Lord, um, you, you, you shouldn't do this. And, and Jesus said, Peter, if I don't do this, you have no part in me. And Peter says, not my um, um, feet only, but my whole body, my head and everything. And Jesus says, only someone who, is, who belongs to me, the only thing they need to do is, is to have their feet washed and to wash the feet of others. Why does he say that? Because... Peter had already had the gospel and he had believed and had faith in Jesus Christ. But what he needed to learn was that self-sacrificing love is the goal of that salvation. So Jesus tells his disciples, love one another just as I have loved you. Love one another just as I have loved you. And Jesus, you know, has, he also said it over and over again in his ministry, especially after the disciples confessed that Jesus was the Messiah, he began telling them that he would suffer and die for the sins of, of the people. He would be handed over, he would be betrayed, he would be arrested and handed over to the chief priest and, and, would, and would die. And after three days would rise again, he began telling them that. So th this 
self-sacrificing service that Jesus does here in washing their feet was really a demonstration about what he was about to do on the cross. It was a foreshadowing. That the God of the universe who was in the exalted position as the Son of God came down from that position and served the whole world by allowing himself to be sacrificed as a sin offering for us. And that was the, the perfect demonstration of God's love. This idea of self-sacrificing love, of completely selfless love, a self-denying love. We talked last week about how Jesus says that, that as believers we're called to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Him. The, motivating, the motivation for that self-denial is, is this love. The love that Jesus demonstrated on the cross and that He wants us to have for other people. Jesus tells us that, that the greatest commandment is love. When asked by, by one of the lawyers one day, you know, they said, Teacher, what are the greatest commandments? And Jesus said, Well, the first is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. He says, This is all of the law and the prophets. The goal of your salvation is not just so that you can go to heaven one day, although, although that promise is there. The goal of your salvation is to help you to love again as, as God loves the world and as Jesus showed His love, He demonstrated His love. Because the root, of, the root problem of the world is, is, is our inward heart that, that is so focused on the self that, that will, 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 will even um, write off other people and, and, and even to the point of, of killing someone because of our anger, our jealousy, and our hatred. The whole reason Jesus, the whole reason God brought the flood in the Old Testament was that, again, their, their hearts were focused on, on evil all the time and violence had filled the earth. And I think we're, we're to that point again today, but God promised that He would not destroy the, the world in the flood again. But instead, what He has done to bring judgment on sin is to send His own Son, Jesus Christ, who in His own death gave the judgment for sin. He took, he took the punishment, He took the judgment of sin on Himself and suffered and died on our behalf. So that if, if we repent and believe the good news of Jesus Christ, we can be forgiven of our sins, we can be set free from sin, but also there is a transforming aspect to it that transforms us from within to help us to love as Jesus loved. Over and over again, the Bible tells us, especially in the New Testament, you see it some in the, a lot in the Old Testament too, especially in the words that God is telling His people. But over and over again, the disciples taught that love is the most important commandment given us through Jesus Christ. Paul talks about this to the Corinthians. The Corinthians were caught up in the charismatic movement, doing all sorts of wild things in, in, in their church services. 
and, and, and even brought, bringing in pagan practices too into the church. But Paul tells them, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a, a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all faith as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. <laughs> if I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. The only gain that we can have, true gain in this world, is to love other people. To love God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. And to love our neighbor as ourselves. And, and at the end of chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, Paul says this, So now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. John reminds us that there, it's an either-or proposition. Either you love as Jesus loves, or you're not a real believer. That's pretty harsh, isn't it? But think about what, what love really is. Love is about giving up ourselves for, for the truth of God's gospel. And that's another thing, too, that we have to understand, is that, that love is not just accepting every little thing that somebody does. Love is about the truth. And if, and if you truly love someone, you're going to give them the truth of the universe. And that is that, that God exists and that He rewards those who seek Him, but also that there is a judgment coming on all sin. And God's Word tells us what sin is. But we don't have to be caught up in that judgment if we turn our hearts and lives over to Jesus Christ. It still lies in the truth. But John tells us in John in 1 John, his letter, 1 John chapter 2, beginning at verse 9, Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. If you want to live in the light of Jesus Christ, and if you want to live a life free from sin, then you had better be taking on the love of Christ. And following his example and truly loving others in, in, in a selfless kind of love like Jesus had, a love that does not look to his own needs, but look to the needs of others, to their salvation. For, you know, John also says in 1 John chapter 4, verses 16 through 18, So we have come to know and to believe that the love that God has for us, God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as He is so, also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, 
but whoever and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. In other words, love is the sign. It is the sign that God has forgiven you of your sins. Because if I have that love within my heart, the love of God, that means I don't fear God's coming judgment. It's love that, that has brought us out of, out, of, out of the darkness and into the light. It is, it is love that has brought us out of our sinful pride and wickedness and, ha, and has brought us to a place where we can love as God loves and love other people. Love is the mark of the believer. And, and we're called to be perfected in that love. Now, we have a statement in, in our EMC doctrine that says, uh, talks about perfect love. Perfect love is about coming to a place where we love God and love others so much that, that the, the sinful nature within us can be cast out. It's not about a sinless perfection because sometimes we, we still make mistakes and we, and we can always fall back into sin. But there is one area that God says that we can be perfect and that is in our love for God and others. And, and, and if we love God and others as we should, then a lot of the sins that, that we're involved in can disappear. So the question that I have for you is, do you love God and do you love others in the way that he's asked us to do? Because if, if, if we truly have a selfless love, then that's the level of perfection that God wants us to have. And as I said, it's not about perfect actions. It's not about perfectly free from every sinful thing or perfectly um, free from uh, um, you know, mistakes that we might have made. But, but the intentions of our heart are to serve God and others, even if we might make a mistake, even if we might mess up. What the Bible says we can get rid of is this intentional, hateful, self-focused, self-centered sins. Because the love of God has been so poured into our hearts that, that we love others as we should and that, that we um, love God as we should. He can do that with you if you but ask Him to do that within your heart and life. Maybe you've given your heart to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've had faith in Him. Maybe He has forgiven you and you've given yourself to Him. But you're finding it very hard to love God and love others in certain situations. And, or, or maybe you're holding some sort of unforgiveness or hatred or bitterness towards someone in your heart as a believer. If you ask God to help you with it, He will help you. If you truly ask God to, to help you with that, He can do that. And what He'll do is he'll, he'll, he'll give you a fresh anointing of your spirit. He'll give you a fresh sense of His presence. He'll help you to, to let go of some of that anger and hatred you have towards others and help you to love as, as you should. Show that love to others, especially those who are in the church. Yes, we, we are to show love to others 
outside of the church, but, but Jesus says here specifically, he's talking to his disciples, you need to love one another. He says, and if you love one another, then everybody's going to know that you're my disciples. Because love is the mark of the Christian life. So we need to be sure that we love others within the church first so that we can be examples of Christ in the world and then love others. Do you love everybody that's in the church today? Do, do, do you love each other? We need to make sure that there's no, no petty divisions within the church and ask God to help us and to reveal those things within us. Then we have to be careful not to get too political because the temptation today is, is, is for partisan politics and, and which creates division, which, which is creating anger against the other side. It's, it, it's been pushed and pushed and pushed in our media. It's being pushed and pushed in our entertainment. And as believers in Jesus Christ, we must resist it with all that we have. God loves Democrats too, by the way. And God loves Republicans. God loves Libertarians. We already offer the truth in love. Yet we have a culture that's descending further and further into sin and, and, and into acceptance of all sorts of sexual deviancy. But I can tell you this, that there are plenty of sins out there besides just homosexuality and, and, and transgenderism that, 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 that are just as wrong. And we need to be keen on the love of God to tell people that Jesus loves you, that God loves you. And He can forgive you of your sins if you but turn to Him. People don't want to hear that message that, that, that what they're doing is sinful or wrong. But they need to hear it. But they need to hear it in love. Our tendency is, is to, you know, Go, go with our own flock, so to speak, and, and keep in our own lane. And, and, and that's fine to a certain degree. I think, I think as believers we need to stick together. We need to have fellowship and those kinds of things. But there is a lost and dying world out there that needs this message of, of God's love. And we need to be able to give that to them. We need to be able to proclaim it and, and uh, stand for it and, and, and spread it to other people. And I hope God has given you the love in, in, in His love in your heart. And I hope that He helps you to show love to others. Let's stand.